Welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bry Comedy, and you can always reach us at Chef Bry Comedy on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, or just simply search Surviving Empathy Podcast. You'll see us out there. We're on the Googles. Um, and today, ladies and gentlemen, I have my beautiful wife. We're going to talk about everything empath. This is a tightly packed show full of uh, information about how empaths feel about different things in our society, and how we deal with insecurity, how we deal with other people and narcissists, how we deal with regular people in real life, struggles and things. This is a really good show for empaths by empaths. And that's what it's all about. It's all about empowerment. It's all about finding our mental health and our security and our groundedness. Um, it's, it's a tough world out there, especially for hypersensitive people. And so that's what this show is all about. It's about empowering people and empowering people uh, who are more energetically sensitive. And it's about talking about uh, the paranormal because, frankly, uh, energy and intention. Energy is a, uh, one of those great mysteries that we're all trying to figure out what it's all about. What is PK energy? Why, why do ghosts exist? What the hell's going on? And so that's what the show's about. So please share with your paranormal uh, spooky friends. Share it with your uh, empaths and highly sensitive friends. And uh, grab a beverage and grab a snack and let's get started. Well, hello again. Welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I am blessed to have my wife today. Uh, the, the grocery store gave her a day off. That was nice of them. And so welcome, uh, Rebecca, to the show, my co-host. Uh, say hi to the folks. Hello, folks. I actually have three days off. Whoa. I know. They, That's my new thing. They spoil you. Three days off a week. <laughs> they spoil you. So, ladies and gentlemen, my last episode, <clears throat> if you didn't hear it, go back and hear it. It's a good one. But... Um, yeah, it was just one of those episodes where I was a little, um, you know, just a little more down, a little more sad, a little more slow and low, you know, and, and, and I don't want people to get the wrong impression that we're always going to be dark and dismal. And it's just that it's highly sensitive people and empaths have to deal with, um, just a myriad of, of, uh, Mental health problems, everything from hypersensitivity to um, guilt uh, to um, just, I mean, so many different things. And and we, we have a rich emotional life, but we also have a rich, um, you know, thinking life. We, we have all these thoughts that are always getting in the way of just, and that's why I think dumb people are so fucking happy. Ignorance is truly bliss. <laughs> It, There's nothing going on in there. There ain't nothing going on. And, and it sounds lovely. Some days, yes. <clears throat> yeah. And so, and I didn't want people to think on the last episode that I was, um, you know, because I know a lot of people are like, well, that didn't sound very empathetic, you know. And that's the thing, you guys, is that we cannot, as empath soldiers, um, let other people railroad us, you know. So when I'm talking about those things, um, I'm talking about them in a, in a capacity that, you know, not everybody is on our side. Not everybody is always going to be so nice and decent. And while that may come off to the untrained eye as sounding um, mean or rude or cruel, the point is not to be those things. The point is, is that human beings, yes, in, the, in an ideal world, 
we would all be polite and kind and decent all of the time. But in the real world where people are fucking assholes, uh, you know, and creeps and everything else, we have to learn uh, ways not only to deal with them, but learn to deal with ourselves in those situations when we're put in situations where we have to behave in ways that we're not always so proud of. And then we start to reel from those, the guilt of standing up for ourselves. frankly. So, so today, ladies and gentlemen, the topic today really is just a hodgepodge of, uh, empath things. Um, everything from, uh, blocking and grounding and ritual. And I'll go into that later. Uh, but we'll talk, uh, I have, uh, five protection strategies for empaths. So we'll go into that at the end. Um, but right now, you know, um, oh, and then the, the other things are, um, uh, empaths in the news, true crime and horror movies and unsettling things. And why is it that some people can deal with those things? Why some can't, you know, uh, we'll go into, uh, sensing other people's feelings and desires. Um, and how sometimes we, when we sense other people are annoyed by us because we're happy, you know, you get that, you know how people are when it's like, mm-hmm. eh, you're, you're invading my happy space. Like, yeah, well, tough shit, you know, like, so I want to kind of go into, um, how we can energetically, um, be unapologetically ourselves in an environment where everybody's energetically wanting us to change for them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That happens a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. So we'll go into that. And then um, living somewhere where you'd rather be versus where you are. You know, I wa- I look at old photos from five years ago and it's in this house and it's like virtually nothing's changed and, and it makes you feel like you're stuck. And so I want to kind of talk about that a little bit as well. Um, we'll go into rituals, ceremony and grounding at the end. Um, and then I have written here, be born ready. Um uh, be always ready, even when you're not. And that very much goes into my podcasting because I never feel prepped. I never okay. feel f- totally ready. And so it's like, oh, here we go. You know, so it's just about that. Um, but we'll, and we'll I feed off of you. So if you're not ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> yeah, I know. Cause she'll always, she'll be sitting there. I'm like, are you prepping or are you just staring at your phone playing games? It's like, <laughs> I, either, I said, either you're always ready or you're always not ready. And I can't tell which, uh, but. Both. Yeah, exactly. And that's just it. It is kind of that, you know, it's feeling mm-hmm. ready even when you're not ready, you know. Yep. <clears throat> but, uh, and then I got here, um, so we'll go into all this, but uh, uh, making uh, systemic changes to your life and thinking, which includes getting rid of bad habits and creating new habits. And that kind of feeds off of what I was saying about how when you live somewhere could be, or or you have a certain job or things aren't changing, uh, it can all start to feel a lot more of the same, just same, 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 same. And so how do you, if you can't change your circumstances, how can you change your thinking or your mindset so that it feels refreshed? So it feels new and you're not letting the sameness get to you. So that's what that's about. So I wanted to start off. Uh, first of all, <clears throat> I want to uh, talk to about empaths in the news and true crime and horror movies and uh, dealing with real people in real life. I know that you just told me a story about some creepers at the store. Um, go into how dealing with people in the real world and how you sort of are able to manage that as a highly sensitive person. It kind of depends on my mood for the day. Um, especially there's a few coworkers <laughs> that just annoy the shit out of me. Depending <laughs> on the day, I either go 
one direction and I'm just super nice mm -hmm. or go the other direction and just let my annoyance fly. Yeah. And yeah. I guess it just depends on how I'm feeling in the day and yeah. how I react to it. And how do you, um, how do you force yourself not to feel guilt or fear when you're sort of, um, you know, acting out your anger and frustration on the customers in a kind of low key way? How do you get yourself not to be afraid to do that? Well, as far as guilt, I usually don't feel guilt because 99% of the time it's deserved and I can do it in a low key way, mm. but it's not super obvious. And <laughs> yeah. I just, I just kind of come at it as they're being dicks. So I'm going to be low key dick back to them, but they're the ones that started it. So I'm just feeding off of them and reacting to them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally hear what you're saying. I don't come off at people that way and I don't start interactions that way. I just kind of just react to how people treat me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah. And well, and that's the thing about empaths is that, you know, highly sensitive people, um, we have a tendency to not only overfeel everything, but we overthink everything. Yes. And, and add depression onto <clears throat> that. Yeah. That's oh that adds to that too. <clears throat> yeah, and that kind of Absolutely. that kind of reminds me, um, you know, you guys heard about my um uh my little situation with my dentist and how she made me feel <laughs> and how I kind of weirded her out and I kind of <clears throat> might have screwed things up with them and all that. Well, I ended up calling them and just apologizing and saying, Hey, I just like to reset. Um, I didn't admit that it was all my fault. I kind of said it takes two to tango, but I kind of made it like, you know, when you're in a position to earn hundreds of dollars from me, maybe not threaten me with charging me $45 when I can just walk away and go somewhere else. You know, like I was just, I was just yeah. telling her, you know, maybe that's not the best choice when I'm trying to come from the heart and tell you that I'm having second thoughts about using my credit card because we're trying to make the right choices. Yeah. And her reaction to that is, was, well, if you don't, <laughs> if you can't afford it, <clears throat> we're going to charge you more money. Yeah. Same with banks. Yeah. You overdraw a checking account. Oh, we're going to, we're going to charge you $60. Yeah. And I don't it think, doesn't. yeah. And I don't think, I don't feel like, even though I felt like shit afterwards, I don't feel like I'm in the wrong here because yeah. she was off base. She was totally not thinking about my, you know, life and my feelings mm -hmm. and, or anything. She just, it was all purely transactional for her. And that's what I hate about living in a society of, <clears throat> you know, technology and sophistication and people who just get very, very used to being out there in the world there, they just really start railroading people, you know, and, and how do we deal with those overwhelming people that are just energetically all over the place? And, and that kind of will segue into uh, what I was saying about not letting other people change your energy. So, you know, but, but tell me about, you know, when you, have energies, whether they be coworkers or, or, or customers, energetically speaking, how do you, um, how do you just deal with it, you know, internally? Most of the time, literally sometimes I just have to walk away. I just have to go mm -hmm. around a corner, go where it's quiet. And I spend my breaks and my lunches in the truck. Mm -hmm. So that's my centering time right there. Yeah. So it's three scheduled Per day, per eight hour shift, I got three times when I can literally get away from it and literally just kind of get in my own little bubble and mm -hmm. try to get away from that stuff. But like, but yeah, I literally just have to walk away sometimes. That's the only way I can deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. You know, um, 
I, I'm such an overthinker. And like, I mean, even like when I recorded my last podcast, I was like, oh gosh, I hope people don't think all of a sudden I'm, you know, not a real empath because, you know, because I can be, you know, because I can stick up for myself, you know, it's like, you know, being an empath doesn't mean that, you know, it does mean that idealistically your brain wants to believe that everybody is good natured and every, and that kindness should be the default position. Um, it's just that life doesn't always work out that way. And so at the end of the day, um, I overthink everything. And I, you saw me after that Mm -hmm. phone call, I was like reeling for like an hour. I couldn't get over it, you know? It happens. And it's, yeah, it's, I think it's very common with empaths is you do, you do something to stand up for yourself and then you overthink it. Yeah. For For days, days. (laughs) Days. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm always worried about like, um, putting off my audience, you know, by saying something that doesn't, uh, appeal to their sensibilities. And, you know, and, and the thing is, and that's the thing is that I want people to like me. I want people to understand that I'm here uh, as a uh, agent of good, I'm trying to get you guys to understand that while you may feel like a wallflower and while you may feel super sensitive and gentle, um, that you were stronger than you realized. And so I wanted to show you guys that, that, you know, that even guys who you may not think are empaths, we get that too. We feel insecure. We, f- we overthink things. We feel, you know, we don't want to upset everybody in the world and we have to kind of almost be okay at a certain point with just saying, you know what, not everybody's going to like us and that's okay. And that's a hard one to deal with because you want everybody to like you. You want everybody to respect you. You want everybody to know where you're coming from so that they um, acknowledge your worth. But simply put, nobody, some people just don't care about anybody's worth, but their own, you know? Yeah. And I don't know why this story just popped up into my head, but sometimes standing up for yourself will have a, a what is the word I'm trying to think of? Oh, oh shit. I don't either. Connie Chung. Yeah. <laughs> Mari Povich. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so yeah, at work, we have a policy of people by money orders. They have to show an ID. Mm-hmm. Quick, easy thing. Not a big deal, but there's always the people that are going to be assholes. So there was yeah. one guy being a dick about it. And I said, fine, if you don't like it, go somewhere else. And he literally did. Mm-hmm. But then a couple days later, he came in. And I was like, oh, man, this guy again. Before I even said anything, he gave me his ID. Yeah. So I stood up for myself <laughs> and it worked. It had the desired effect. <laughs> yeah. No, <clears throat> my voice is tore up today. Yeah, no, exactly. <clears throat> it, it actually, that's what you start to learn is that people for all of their, um, intelligence and sophistication and adult sensibilities. Um, at the end of the day, we have that part of us. It's just a, like a little child. And when we get punished, we feel bad. And I mean, it, it works on me sometimes when somebody's like, you, you shouldn't, you know, do that, you know, blah, blah, and then you're like, ah, fuck you. And then after a while you're like, Oh, they're probably right. You know, it's like <laughs> we are all, um, <clears throat> you know, we're all susceptible to others, uh, modifying our behavior. Um, and sometimes they're, they're in the right, but oftentimes they're not in the right. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I hate when people like think that, Oh, well, you're not allowed to be that way. Oh, or, or like taking your, um, personality as being antisocial 
or criminal when all you're trying to be is your funny self. Like, no, don't don't get weird on me here. Like, don't turn this into a I'm now a sociopath because I don't want to put up with your fucking bullshit, you know, because I think that's the problem, too, is um, sensitive people. When we're approached with people who have sort of intelligent or sensitive sensibilities, they can kind of try to out empath us. And you're like, nah, nah fuck yeah. you. Like, I'm not going to let you railroad me just because you think you're a better empath than me. Mm-hmm. We're not, this is not a, you know, a dick measuring contest here, you know? Yes. And it's it happens. Yeah. Yep, people just, you know, it's like, you're all dealing with different people. And while I do believe there are times where people are in the right, where there's like, they're standing up for themselves and their rights. But I, I, I really don't feel like I'm the kind of person that would railroad other people unless it's deserved. And so when people do, sort of um use that um that 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 you know that way of just kind of uh you know well you're being immature it's like what are we in the fifth grade like no no fuck that like (laughs) it just makes me feel like you know like people use psychology against each other um to modify each other's behavior the way we want it to be and it's like no Mm -hmm. you know because that's the thing like we may not like everybody. You know, that's the thing I've learned is like there are people like like on Instagram, I'll post stuff and then they'll post all this stuff. Like I, I posted this thing and it had a um, just a picture of Cenk Uger of from the Young Turks just saying, of course, you know, because it was it wasn't about him. It was just about the of course, you know, mm-hmm. and then some guy was like. Jink Uger's this and Jink Uger's that and blah, 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 blah. and I'm just like I don't care like. I had to delete it because it's like, that's not appropriate. We're not talking about jank yogurt here. And the subject. Yeah. And like, and that's the problem with like liberals and Democrats in general is that conservatives, no matter how vile they get, they're always, they always stick up for each other. Democrats, it's a very large tent party. And so as a consequence of their higher intellect, higher gentleness, higher sensibilities, um, it's very easy to offend them. And it's very easy for them to go, no, uh, Joe Biden isn't progressive enough for me. It's like, no, he's not progressive enough for me either. But but do you really want to go have Trump again because you voted for some third party candidate who's never going to win? Yeah. You know, yeah. those higher sensibilities can come back to bite us is what I'm saying. Absolutely. You know yes, what I mean? It does happen a lot. <clears throat> yeah. But um, yeah, but, but just kind of, uh, you know, what do you think about like... Like, for instance, <clears throat> our cat, Gouda, um, usually she's, like, really chill, and you see her laying, and she's chill. But every once in a while, she gets, like, um, insecure, and she turns into Miss Priss. And when I'm in a good mood, my good mood to her comes off, like, misbehavior. And it's like, and no, I'm not going to change my whole fucking energy for a silly cat. You know what I mean? Like, I love her. And of course, like, if I'm bothering her, there's a difference between literally bothering your animal and going Mm -hmm. into territory where you shouldn't be fucking with them. But when you're simply just trying to be in a good mood and everybody's like put off by it, it's like, sorry, I'm not going to change my energy for you. So what what would be your advice to uh, our audience about like not changing yourself when you sense that others are trying to change force change upon you? Just don't. It's hard. It's Just don't. really hard. Yeah. yeah. Because you, I, like, I'm a people pleaser. So mm-hmm. Me too. it's hard to not 
do what people want me to do. But if you if you realize that you're in the right, just kind of take a step back and see if you're actually thinking about it correctly. And if you are, then just keep going with where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, I am a piece of people pleaser. And while I do come off like I have a flippant and fuck you attitude, which I've I've had to learn to be okay with that. Um, I've had to learn that I'm probably going to alienate some of my audience and I don't want to. I want them to see that I have a very deep and mature side, that I have a very, 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 very sensitive and, and neurotic side and deep and meaningful, but I also have a silly side and I also have like a, um, you know, a, a, a defense mechanism of telling people to go fuck themselves. <laughs> you yeah. know, so I'm I'm doing it because I don't I really don't want to alienate anybody. I don't want to alienate people just because they're conservative. I don't want to, you know, when I talk about religion, I don't want to alienate people who have religion in their life because the truth is is that I don't have a problem with people having faith and community. I have sometimes a problem with the indoctrination and the fact that why is it that we live in a world like if I came out as a candidate for presidency, never going to happen too many skeletons <laughs> in that closet but but imagine if i wanted to come out and to, to, to run for president or whatever you know if i said i was a an atheist even if i said if i was a muslim i would lose so fucking bad because we are in such a christian centric western culture and and so it's like it's one of those things where when did religion and Christianity become the default position in a society that's supposed to be multi-religious, multicultural, accepting of all religions. People don't see how old timey, old fashioned traditionalism has a tendency to um, force us into oppressive, regressive mentalities. And while I think we all like the old timey traditional ways of, of yesteryear, um, it doesn't always work today. <clears throat> because it comes off yeah. actually oppressing people. Yeah, it absolutely does. Where do you draw that line between old-timey traditional and simply not moving ahead as a culture, you know? Yeah, you have to draw the line where it starts hurting people. Yeah. And yeah. causing other people's lives to be difficult. Right, right. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Do you have anything else to say about that? Uh, just sensing others' feelings and desires don't change your energy to appeal to others. Anything? Okay, yeah, because I, I think it's just a matter of, like you said, standing your ground. Um, it's easy um, <clears throat> when you're put on the spot to apologize and to wilt. And so I think, you know, expect the unexpected in life. You know, that's what I would say is expect the unexpected. And when you expect people, when you know that some, your boss is usually a nice guy, but every once in a while he's a fucking dick or, or he's just not paying attention and he's not paying attention to people's needs. So he kind of, he, he might mean well and he might not mean anything by it, but you know, in other words, you know how people are. And sometimes you have to use that uh, uh, to, mm-hmm. <clears throat> to expect certain behaviors from certain people, because like, you yeah. know, somebody's going to say something fucked up. So how are you going to, yeah, you almost have to pre- prepare for the gut punch. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And I think that's something that I've gotten better at dealing with as I've gotten older. Because when I was younger, I would never 
never sass to somebody or say something like I said to that customer. And now that I've gotten older, I'm more comfortable with it because I know I'm in the right. If I'm not going out of line with anything, then yeah, I'm going to stand up for myself. And it is easier as I've gotten older. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I I think it's just a matter of, um, you know, because I think if you're in a really dark place, uh, everything you do and say can come off really dark and Mm -hmm. that can come off as, sociopathic it can come off antisocial it can come off downright criminal if you don't watch what you what you say <laughs> you know you know yeah. uh being slightly dismissive of others to put them in their place uh and telling them you're going to you know punch them in the face or you know you, in other words you can slip into wrong territory very quickly yeah. and you have to watch it when you're in a dark place because yeah. um while you may never act on those impulses saying the wrong things at the wrong time can get you in a lot of trouble especially at work <laughs> especially at work exactly so yeah i think it's a fine line of just um letting others be themselves but but not apologizing for being yourself yeah standing up for yourself mm-hmm. yeah so uh moving on um empaths on the news true crime horror movies you know every article you read about being an empath talks about how we're very, very sensitive to um, true crime and uh, violence and, um, you know, drama and emotional hardship and anything and everything. We're just very sensitive to those things. Um, And we've talked about this before, but I just wanted to bring it it back close uh, quickly because I wanted to talk about how I use um, horror uh, as sort of a means to... um, defeat my demons, defeat my fears. Um, do you find, because I've noticed a lot of introverts and empaths are super into true crime. They're super into cryptids and dark stuff and the paranormal and all these weird things. And why would it be that the people who are the most gentle always end up being into the darkest, weirdest shit? I honestly don't have an answer for that. Yeah. Cause yeah, in real life, like violence and things, just it sickens me. But this, yeah. but like I can fall asleep to forensic files. Like I yeah. hear the forensic files theme song, and it's it's comforting to me, even though that it's it's horrific stuff that they talk about. Mm-hmm. It's real things that they talk about. Yeah, I honestly can't explain it. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's almost like um, if it's a TV show, it almost makes your brain think that it's not real. It's yeah. It's you know it's glorified Maybe, or something because then if i do stop and think about the actual families involved and the people involved then it it can get to be too much and i don't like it yeah so i yeah. well yeah like for example the other day i was talking about different styles of horror and and that supernatural horror is our favorite because it's the least violent mm-hmm. it's the most Just spooky, spooky. And yeah right right yeah. and then i talked about the movie terrifier and See, that's the thing. Like, I am not into, like, old torture porn shit from, like, 2005. You know, I'm not into that stuff. Um, Occasionally, when it's done well, though, it's like, oh, wow, okay. And that's what I thought about Terrifier, is that, yeah, it's every part of me is sickened by what I saw. Every single part of me, from uh, the misogyny to the violence to the gore, everything about it uh, absolutely sickens me to the core and yet i bought it <laughs> <laughs> it's like what 
So I'm trying yeah. to understand it in myself. There's, there's got to be an explanation, but well, I just haven't come across it yet. I think, remember when we went to Disneyland and, you know, we went to California Adventure and you didn't want to ride the roller coaster. You're mm-hmm. like, you don't want to do the loop-de-loop thing. Yep. And I said, no, no, let's just do it, you know, and I kind of talked into it and we did it. And then afterward, I kind of videotaped us <laughs> and you were just high as yep. a kite. You were just yep. on cloud nine yeah. because you had conquered your demons. You had yep. conquered your fear. I feel like that's kind of what it is. Mm-hmm. In, with yeah. horror. It's because it's things that do a, scare you. It's a rite of passage. And you get through it and you watch it and yeah. you survive because you're sitting on your couch. Yeah. It's a, but yeah, but that does make sense. Yeah, because I think there's times when I don't want to deal with that stuff. It's like, ugh, you know. Oh, but, yeah. but I think also, like, the thing about, like, this movie, Terrifier, it's gross, and I can't sit here and justify it, and I don't, I can't sit here and recommend it to my empath audience to watch, because it's absolutely fucking vile, but I think I enjoyed it because of how well they developed the clown character, and just how vicious he is, and all his little mannerisms, mm-hmm. the, the detail put into his character, yeah. I liked, mm-hmm. and then when he did something vile... It was like unhinged vile. He didn't just stab you. He stabbed you in the cheek. Like, you know, and when he attacked you, he didn't just stab you. Sometimes he would like start sawing your leg. Like he was just a vicious little bastard. Right. And that in most cases would just turn me off. Absolutely. Cause if this was real life, I would be so turned off, but I think there's just something about it because the way they do it, it feels uh, campy. It feels nostalgic, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and maybe because you know it's just done for shock effect, um, it's, it allows you to process it. Because I know for a fact, you know, when I was younger, you know, and the, the faces of death and seeing tragedy, it affected me very deeply to the point of, like, psychological um, shock. And mm-hmm. it took you time to process yeah. what you saw. And so I very much do not like seeing things that I can't unsee. It fucking, it will screw with you for a while. Yeah, Um, uh, And so, yeah, I'm I'm at a point, though, where it's like, why would I openly and willingly watch a movie that, for all intents and purposes, offends me at every level? I don't, you know. But there's got to be some underlying something because there's so many people that are into true crime and into horror. And it satisfies something. Yeah. I don't know what. But yeah, something. I think I think it's a rite of passage, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then, like with Forensic Files, they just chose the guy with the the most easygoing, <laughs> relaxing. I'm just here to take care of you, voice as the commentator. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. just that you're watching these things that are horrific, <laughs> but the guy is so soothing. It yeah. just is a weird juxtaposition that I maybe that's part of it. I'm not sure. Well, but, that's like my friend James. He's like you. You ha-, like he listened to the, sampled my podcast. And he's like. You just have one of those soothing voice that everybody can just relax to and blah, blah, blah. And I don't always think of myself as such. And it depends on, I think, how excitable I'm feeling mm-hmm. or how negative or positive I'm feeling in the moment. Because yeah. I don't think my last episode was all that soothing. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there are episodes when I'm in a good place that are yeah. absolutely soothing. And yeah, yeah but it's like, the oh, wow. behind it comes out. Yeah. I, the voice. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people, I, I, I have trouble seeing myself as that soothing figure but i'm you know i'm glad that it does Mm -hmm. you know absolutely i think it does but um yeah i i I do think that it it, just being into weird stuff and i think there's a rite of passage and i think there's a campiness and a spookiness and a shock value and i think 
because yeah, just knowing that it's not real is really for me what what allows me to do it. I've always, you know, like since a young kid, uh, read Fangoria magazine. Like my mom got me like like you know uh, a subscription to it when I was like ten. And, uh, you know, that was like a birthday present. And so it was always like, mm-hmm. ooh, how did they do that effect? And ooh, how did they do that? Mm-hmm. So when I see yeah. a guy's decapitated head uh, on fire and his eyes look like a jack-o'-lantern with candles fire, I'm like, ooh, you know. But because it's so um, such a good effect, I look at it as movie-making magic rather mm-hmm. than looking at it as, oh, my God. God, like, and I, I don't know how I separate it, but my, I guess I'm just accustomed to it because I think a lot of people would judge me like, well, you're not an empath then. Mm -hmm. If you can deal with that kind of stuff, then you're not a true empath. It's like, well, no, I think, I think empath is a catch all term. Um, It's like being an atheist. Not all atheists believe in the paranormal. A lot of atheists don't believe in anything supernatural at all. So I very much defer from them in that regard. And so I would say that not empaths who are learning and growing and the older you get and the more you learn, uh, you can subject yourself to things that perhaps empaths who are in a more sensitive state might not be able to. And so it's not about, you know, whether you're an empath and I'm not, and you know, Mm -hmm. that, that whole, well, then you must not be, you know, we're not, this is not a competition. We're not trying to say, Oh, I'm a, on the empath meter, I'm a nine and you're only a four. Like, no, it's just. Although if, that is the case with you and me. Well, it is, but but, but I sometimes but no, I wish it I, weren't. Yeah. But yeah, and like you said, it, it depends on what state of mind you're in. Yeah. Whether you can, because sometimes I can't deal with true crime or horror. Sometimes yeah. I just want to go Disney and just something sure. cutesy and I, not like that. So. I totally agree. It just depends on where you're at. Mm-hmm. You know, and like the other day. Uh, that podcast, I wasn't full-blown depressed. I was just, the truth is, is that when you start thinking about the totality of, of your life and the totality of mortality and the totality of dysfunction and uh, tyranny and oppression in our society, and you're not making the big progress that you feel like you have earned, and you're like, what the fuck? Why can't I seem to, you know, get where I want to go, uh, you start to feel like it all just starts, life becomes very discouraging. And so that's a perfect segue uh, into the next topic, which is uh, insecurity, jealousy, satisfying our lizard brain, as I call it, uh, dealing with people we're annoyed by, envious of, or who are energetically, uh, we're at odds with. They just, you know, energetically, they're not like us. And so, um, you know, there's a guy and I've talked to him many times. And if he knew I talked about him this many times, he'd think I was weird. It's like, you know, but there's a guy and he's going through recovery. And so I want him to, you know, be himself. But he, he, he strikes me as a little bit narcissistic, a little bit vain. And he was once upon a time, a lead singer in a band in the nineties. And I don't think he was a famous band, but you know, you know, the, the, the diva types, just very, very, uh, you know, they're creative like myself. Um, they're, they're independent, um, but they have kind of a diva mentality. And sometimes I just I have to roll my eyes at this fucking guy. I'm like, God, <laughs> gee, you know, but um, I call that our lizard brain because I think our adult sensibilities are up here and we become stronger. We become better. 
Um, but then we have these little petty insecurities. These our lizard brain that that unconscious part of us makes us feel uh, jealous or envious or insecure. Um, talk talk about those things in yourself and how you deal with maybe people you're not necessarily full blown jealous of, but just people that maybe have more money than you, or maybe you're jealous of their looks, maybe you're jealous of their skills, or maybe whatever. Like, how do you deal with those things in a in a healthy way? Sometimes better than others. If I'm in a, a bad place, it's easy to just kind of let it take over and you just dwell on it and you can't stop thinking about it. But yeah. in better times, you just kind of have to remind yourself that mm-hmm. they're them, you're you. Yeah. Think about what you do have that's good and mm-hmm. realize that it's a, a feeling mm-hmm. that's just not really, it's not helpful at all. Yeah. So once you kind of realize that it's something that's not doing you any good, you can kind of dissect it a little bit and step well, back. And Like, for example, this guy is going through recovery. And so he's sober and he takes a lot of videos and selfies of himself. And I'm fine with that. You know, I wish I did that more because I'm a public figure. I, I need to get myself out there more so people can learn and see who I am. Um, but he just has this way about him that's um, like, I'm super tough and I'm super dark and mysterious <laughs> and I'm super experienced. And then he gets a lot of these girls, um, these ladies who I guess they, he knows. I don't know to how how well he knows them, but I never get that like that are always complimenting him like, oh, you look so good today. Or he'll say things like my face is super clear. I didn't even need a filter today. I'm like, what are you a fucking chick? Like, like, okay. Like, and, and my, and, and forgive me in advance. I'm, I'm only using him as an example. I have no problems with him as a person. Mm -hmm. In fact, I've learned to just sort of accept our differences, but I think like he never, like I'm always answering him on his stuff, but he's never answering me on mine. And I have a feeling that I intimidate him because I had a guy, his name was Brian, like me. And he was, we went to high school together and he worked as a chef out in Bend, Oregon. Um, and he unfriended me because I have a culinary degree and, uh, I think I would like ask him, Hey, how'd you do this? How'd you make that? And sometimes I would give him, you know, my two cents on it. And I think it intimidated him or he just got sick and tired of me uh, sort of making him feel like, well, Fuck you. I'm a better chef than you. Cause it's like people, man, they get their whole identity out of they being do. a chef, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And this guy is a chef too, by the way. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> I've learned that chefs are fucking divas, including me <laughs> sometimes, you know, and I've had to really learn to humble myself because yeah, it's like they're, they want all the attention. They want uh, people mm-hmm. to admire them. They want to be mired as being intellectuals, as being, uh, ruffians they want to everybody wants to be you know uh anthony bourdain you know and so i I, i've given this guy all the rope that i can and leeway it's like ah okay fine you know but at the end of the day my lizard brain the part of me that just is reacting to him i can't stop rolling my eyes at this guy it's like god would you Mm -hmm. get over yourself jesus and that's okay it's okay to just realize all right that is my lizard brain it's a reaction it's okay as long right. as you're not acting on it or being rude or being no. mean or no, you and I say don't. everything you want in your head and I've, roll your eyes and nobody will know. I've literally created entire sentences <laughs> addressing like how much he's in love with himself. 
and I've backed out and erased it because I yeah. didn't want to. Right. I didn't want to offend yeah. him. I didn't want to. There's no point. Yeah. And then, and then if you did do something like that, you'd feel guilty about it, and you'd you'd yeah. obsess over it for I, weeks. So. Well, and then I, well because you changed the energy. Now yeah. you're the aggressor. Yeah. You have now gone mm-hmm. from uh, simply uh, observing his behavior to now participating in hurting him. Mm-hmm. And and maybe this yeah. is all a part of his growth. You know, I yeah. was reading. Um, Something else on Facebook from another friend who was like, if you come at me and and exploit my insecurity or exploit things that I've gotten better about, um, our friendship is over. You know, it's kind of one of those meme things. It's those mm-hmm. self-esteem memes. And yeah. I agreed with it, you know. And, and so we don't ever see ourselves as the attacker or the abuser. We only see ourselves as um, the abused or the uh, attacked or the victim, you know. And so I think in our mm-hmm. culture – it's so easy to, to not see uh, when you're being uh, yeah. in the wrong. You're yeah. energetically wrong. You know, mm-hmm. you're the abuser. You're the attacker. It's you know? easy to feel justified yeah. in what you're doing. Yeah. So, yeah, you just have to take a step back <clears throat> and sometimes and just think about what you're doing and why you're doing it and if it's worth mm-hmm. making waves over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I think he's a nice guy and <clears throat> I've seen him post pictures when he was working as a chef and um i don't care whether or not my career was more illustrious than his i don't care if my skills are better or worse than his um at the end of the day i think that's what it's about is um just because somebody else is has certain attributes doesn't mean that you don't it doesn't take anything away from you yeah and 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 that's why guys in general can't stand other dudes like it reminds them there might be a guy out there who actually has a bigger dick than them and we cannot stand for that, goddammit. <laughs> it's like, well, then you better not watch porn because there's a lot of guys with bigger dicks than you. Sorry to tell you. Yeah, and it's just getting used to, um, yeah, being insecure, uh, feeling those emotions, feeling petty, feeling uh, insecure, and, and wanting to <clears throat> attack someone who you feel is being so blatantly narcissistic. Um, the truth is, is that this might be a part of his growth and maturity. This might be a part of and his... Uh, mm-hmm. getting over his And that's issues. what I was going to say. Yeah. It's that, that other thing that goes around <clears throat> on Facebook all the time. You never, everybody's got something going on and you never know what someone is dealing with. Right. So unless they're being blatantly rude, blatantly asshole about stuff, just kind of realize there's a reason for it. There's something <clears throat> they're going through. Yeah. You're going through things. They might see things in you. Just let people be. Just let it slide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what I mean about choosing your battles is that, Everything is a battle. Life is a battle. Waking up is a battle. Um, how we see the world, what we choose to put in our bodies, what we choose to put into our mind, um, the news, politics. Um, you know, there are people who I believe nowadays uh, consume media, left-wing media, right-wing media, and they become a part of the echo chamber, and um, they're so politicized and I think that was me at one time, but I've learned. Oh, it was absolutely us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I just pulled away because the only reason why I think I was doing it is because I want there to be progress and change in our society. But at a certain point, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. And so at the end of the day, it's like, yes, you may have higher sensibilities. Yes, you may understand policy better. Yes, you might know a ton more about politics. But at the end of the day, if somebody is intellectually or emotionally lazy you're not going to force their hand you're not going to change minds 
Mm-hmm. And so how do you deal yeah. with people that are not, you know, working towards your cause? <laughs> Again, you just let it go. Yeah. You realize which battles you can win and which you can make progress on. And if you can't just yeah. bite your tongue and move on. Absolutely. And you guys, I have to pee, so I'm going to pause. So give me one second. I'll be right back. You won't even notice that I was gone. And just like that, I peed and you didn't even notice. You didn't even notice. <laughs> You're bad. <laughs> oh, gosh. No, I couldn't help it. I just had to go. Most of the time I can hold it, but not this time. Um. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah, it just, you know, yeah. And that's the thing is I'm trying to become a more um, forgiving person. Let people be who they are. And if they're a little bit eye roll, you know, just let it be. Like, like I said, I, that might be a part of their process. And, you know, like my buddy, he still gets mad at me for not calling him, even though like I texted him and he didn't even answer me. Like, it's like, you're contributing to our relationship, not working out too, fella. Yeah. You know, and, and he quit drinking years and years after me. And so he's still going through the steps that I had to go through way back then because I quit Mm -hmm. drinking. I mean, I can drink socially occasionally now, but in those days I was drinking fairly heavily and I had to quit. And I was 30 when I did it. Actually, I was 28 when I quit drinking. And so um, to see, um, no, I was 30 because I just got out of culinary school. I started when I was 20. Anyway, um, but the point is that I had been quit for so long that I had to learn uh, to reacquaint myself with myself. I had to learn better habits and such and such. And so, yeah, yeah, to see him quit and now going through um, all these stages, stages of grief, stages of blaming other people, stages of acceptance, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to watch somebody go through all the stages you went through. It's like, <clears throat> I'm trying to be there for him, but he thinks that he's smarter than me. So it's like, Oh fuck, fuck it. Never mind. Just like <laughs> you just let other people be because at the end of the day, like some people are just not going to be self-aware enough to understand that there are people out there who are, who have gone through what you are going through and, you like to think this is all so fucking unique, but it's very, very typical, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just, yeah, I'm trying to be a kinder, gentler person and be more forgiving yeah. of people's faults, even if they annoy you, you know? That's, yeah. And it's difficult, but I, it's something I have actively been trying to do at work. And yeah, it, it helps. It kind of keeps you from getting upset. And well, from- right. And that goes all into energetically choosing your battles because just because somebody's annoying or isn't exactly like you doesn't mean that they're bad people. And so no. sometimes if, the, you know, like my friend, Mark, I cannot get him off the phone. He, he's a talker. He, you, he puts me to shame and you guys see how I can talk. So, and I love him dearly. Don't get me wrong. But the other day <clears throat> we were talking and after an hour, I just get, you know, where I can't talk anymore. My, I'm getting, you know, hot ear, you know, and I'm like, okay, well I got to go, bro. And, and uh, I mentioned to him that, you know, he, he's a talker. And then he started a new topic. I said, you did it. You started another topic. No, you know, and he laughed and we hung up, but, um, but it's just one of those things where you have to accept, uh, the bad with the good. And so long as people are good people. Yeah. It's just, if they're going through something or, you know, my friend, he's a chiropractor, he's a Leo. He's got a lot of, um, just arrogance and self, um, self-worth, to the point where it comes off a little superior sometimes and whether that's intentional or not, I don't know. I don't think it's intentional and that's why I'm trying to work with him on his terms rather than work with him on my terms because 
Nobody wants to hear that somebody's smarter and better than you. And that's the problem is that you could be a better, smarter, more productive, happier person with all this advice and wisdom and other people just do not fucking care. No, because they're not ready. They're not ready. They're not open to that yet. So, you know, so my buddy, yeah, on Facebook, bless his heart. I I want him to start feeling good. I want him to, you know, feel good about himself. But it's just it just struck me funny because I don't have uh, that built in sycophant audience who's always like, (laughs) you know, you look good. You look nice today. Like nobody does that for me, and unless I do, I look like shit or something. Is it, what's going on? Why don't I have a built-in uh, audience of females that swoon at me every time I need uh, support? Oh, no. You know, I, I know I need I to try to be that person. <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes it, it, sometimes it doesn't mean as much when it comes from right? people that that's, already yeah. accept you. You need it from new people. You know? Yeah, no, I get it. But that's I mean, that lizard brain, that part is. of us that's petty and insecure. You mm-hmm. know. Um, but no, at the end of the day, like I, I want him to be happy and I want my friend to be happy, the chiropractor friend. I want everybody to be happy. And that, and so, yes, I have to learn to choose my battles when somebody is just giving me the, I'm getting the eye rolls and I was like, oh, God, okay, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <clears throat> moving on, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, uh, so there's, um, well, real quick, uh, ritual ceremony and grounding. We'll get to that after this, but uh, I've got two things left. Um, because I've got so many topics here, and I don't think we're going to have time for all of them today, and that's okay. We're this is a work in progress. Empaths, or, there's going to be a lot more shows about empaths, and they're all going to try to contain, uh, you know, like blocking and filtering. That's going to be one big show. But for today's purposes, I wanted to talk about five protection strategies for empaths. It's written by uh, Dr. Judith Orloff. She's the one that. Uh, Wrote that book that I own, um, <clears throat> but um, I can't remember the name of the book now. Hopefully it's here, but I'll just read some of this and we can kind of go into it. Yeah. Um, I'm a physician and empath in my medical practice over uh, two decades. I specialize in treating highly sensitive people and empaths like myself. We feel everything <clears throat> often to an extreme and have a, a little guard up between ourselves and others. As a result, we often become overwhelmed by excessive stimulation and are prone to exhaustion and sensory overload. That is me to a T. <clears throat> me <Yeah>. too. <laughs> anyway, so it goes into um, all these self-care um, steps. And so um, she talks about shielding vis- visualization. Shielding is a quick way to protect yourself. Many empaths uh, sensitive and sensitive people rely on it to block out toxic energy while allowing the free flow of positivity. Call it. Call on it regularly. The, min- the minute you're uncomfortable with a person, place, or situation, put up your shield. Use it at a train station, at a party if you're talking to an energetic vamp- energy vampire, or in a packed doctor's waiting room. Begin by taking a few deep, long breaths. Then visualize a beautiful shield of white or pink light completely surrounding your body and ex- extending a few inches beyond it. This shield protects you from anything negative, stressful, toxic, or intrusive. Uh, within the protection of this shield, uh, feel yourself centered, happy, and energized. This shield blocks out negativity, but at the same time, you can still feel what's positive and loving. And so, it's a, whether it's real or not, um, visual, visualization uh, techniques are very important uh, yeah. to 
anybody's mental health, but especially people who are energetically sensitive. Yeah. That's something I've never actually <clears throat> tried. And mm-hmm. I need to kind of keep that in the back of my head because I think, yeah, I think that could work for me. Yeah. I, I breathe, but I don't visualize yeah. as much and maybe I should start visualizing mm-hmm. more, yeah. you know? Um, second one says define and express your relationship needs. Uh, knowing your needs and being able to assert them is a strong form of self-protection for empaths. Then you can be in your full power in a relationship. <clears throat> if something doesn't feel right, raise the issue with your partner rather than uh, suffering silently. Finding your voice is equivalent to finding your power. Otherwise, you may become exhausted, anxious, or feel like a doormat in relationships where your basic needs are unmet. Uh, speak up to a safeguard. Speak up to safeguard your well-being. And ask yourself, what do I need in a relationship and that I've been afraid to ask for? What uh, would you prefer uh, more alone or quiet time? Would you like to sleep by yourself sometimes? So this is kind of referring to partners, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but this can also go into anybody. Um, and that's and I've talked yeah. about that is that when you don't empower yourself, when you become a doormat, um, and that's the kind of difference between like for my for example. Um, being um, <clears throat> energetically humble and then requiring, uh, you know, like that other guy, he's always getting compliments from his, his little uh, peanut gallery. And I'm like, <laughs> I want a peanut gallery. Nobody, <laughs> nobody's making me feel good every day, you know? And so it, you have to ask yourself, what are your needs? And so, yeah, sometimes like the other day on Facebook, I said, Hey, I'm feeling energetically sensitive now. Can I get some love? And a bunch mm-hmm. of people showed up. Right. So sometimes yeah. it's just like, like it may seem silly or uh, immature or something, but you're literally just stating what you need in yeah. the moment. Well, and some people just <clears throat> feel weird giving compliments or mm-hmm. not. I don't want to say weird being nice to people, but just straight up saying, oh, you look nice today. Like some people mm-hmm. feel weird about that. And you kind of have to have an invitation yeah, to do it right? because they feel that way, but they just don't. And I think that's, I think that's why my friend gets compliments is because everybody knows he's going through this, Mm -hmm. uh, recovery process. And that is kind of the open letter to, Hey, you're looking good. Hey, Mm -hmm. good job. Hey, good progress. You know, whereas for me, it's like, Oh, he's the guy with the podcast and he's the guy who, you know, runs five miles every day. He's Mm -hmm. that strong guy. He doesn't need me. Fuck him. You know, like I think people like my, I think I intimidate some people and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be better than anyone. I'm not trying to outperform anyone. Or like you said, they just feel like you're out there on a podcast. So you've got this great self-esteem and you don't need any, any encouragement or any compliments or. Well, well, like, um, like a guy, uh, was saying, uh, something to the effect of don't hold other people to your standards. In other words, um, we have a tenant, people give you advice, like, well, d- don't do it if you you can't do it. And, and what he was saying was, is don't let other people's, um, standards or threshold be yours. Yeah. And that's when I said, um, I run five miles three to four times a week. It took me years to get that good at it. Right. And so if I let others like my mom, for example, you're going to run again. Yes, <laughs> that's what runners do. We're, we do it multiple times. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like yeah. if I and sometimes I let uh, people who don't exercise as much as me define my fitness needs. It's like if I let you guys. I feel attacked. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, but but 
and, and, and I'm saying this with all humility, like I don't get a big head about my, uh, you know, ability to talk on the radio or my ability to run. Those are the things I'm good at. But like when, when you impress me with your ability uh, to, to work at the store, like being able to just recall the numbers for vegetables. I'm like, Jesus Christ, that's good. Like, cause I can't do that. Name a vegetable. I know it. Yeah. Tomato. Depends on what kind. Cherry tomato. Those come in packages, so those oh, have a barcode. Okay. Uh, Romas are 4087. Small mm, tomatoes on the mm, vine are 4664. Wow. Big hothouse tomatoes are 4799. That that <laughs> impresses me to no end. And and I've been in drama. I've had to re, you know learn lines and stuff. But I don't know for whatever reason that impresses me to no end. Um, it's a gift. Anyway, let's let's continue. Um, so yeah, that's just. Um, uh, letting your needs be known like even if it's, and it's hard sometimes well because we're so grown up that we're not allowed to to be primal we're not allowed to to get down to our little kid self and say hey little billy how are you feeling right? today and sometimes you it's know? a self-esteem <clears throat> thing like you don't feel like you deserve to ask for that sometimes you're such a people pleaser you don't want to bother somebody else with right. your stuff right which i can relate to both of those things so yeah, yeah. it's it's a hard thing to do sometimes but just it's important understanding that if if people don't because not everybody's an empath empaths yeah. assume everybody else is an empath why don't you understand my needs because you haven't voiced your needs and so a lot of people just don't get the hint and that's why like with the podcast i'll say hey guys i need you guys to be there for me for this 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 share this do this do this like I, you can't read my mm-hmm. mind. Yeah. And so yeah. while it may seem obvious to me, um, some of my needs uh, to my audience uh, may not be all that obvious to everybody yeah. else. And so you're just making your um, your needs known and, and everybody just helping each other out. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah, you know, because, yeah, I don't I would like to think that even though I have certain um, standards and needs for my audience, I'm here for you too, though. Like, I'm not saying this just for me. I'm saying this because I want you guys to get something from it too. And so we kind of have that push and pull where just like any, any person, you know, like with you and me, a partner, two against the world, it's a push and pull. You are there for me and I'm there for you. And sometimes when we're not good for each other, we got to step away and reassess and let the the moment, uh, you know, pass, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But, okay. Uh, Losing my voice. I've been... I did exercises. I I, I gargled with uh, apple cider vinegar. My my voice is trash today. <sighs> what are you gonna do? Can't all be Chris Cornell. No. no. Um, set energetic boundaries at work and home. Uh, empaths often suffer in their environment when they absorb the energy in their surroundings. The workplace, especially, can be noisy and overstimulating. To protect your energy level in an emotionally uh, demanding or crowded environment. Surround the outer edge of your space with plants or family or pet photos to create a small uh, psychological barrier. <clears throat> a sacred object such as a statue of Quan Yin, the goddess of compassion, uh, the Buddha, sacred beads, crystals, or protective stones can be set uh, an, an energetic boundary. Noise canceling earbuds. So, you know, yeah, depends on what your job is. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously. You working at customer service at the grocery store can't just start putting all your personal shit there. Um, Put on my noise canceling headphones. Yeah, what? Sorry, I what? can't hear you. No. <laughs> yeah, you can't always do that. But but within the confines of your job, yeah, finding your space 
that feels like yours. And <clears throat> like I would imagine when you're customer service, if somebody else's customer service, don't you feel mildly threatened when somebody else is doing your job? Yeah, sometimes. And sometimes if there's just too many people back behind the desk, like every once in a while, like they'll just be different people back there for different reasons. And I literally yeah. just go stand in the corner. I yeah. literally have to make a literal boundary around yeah. myself because I feel too boxed in mm-hmm. and too energetically. <clears throat> yeah. Like people are throwing their energy on me. So, well, yeah. yeah. Well, and for me, like I don't, I'm up in the air about pseudoscience, like crystals and shit. I'll be the first to tell you guys, like I am fascinated by the paranormal. I believe in it. Um, I believe Bigfoot exists. I believe in a lot of things. Energy is intention. And so while the, the science is out about uh, crystals and things, we still have them in our room because we do. it ain't well, hurting. <laughs> my friend at work gave them to me, and then I, I took them with me to work for a couple of days, and I forgot, and then I lost one. And then, yeah, oh, that's got to be good. That's, that's good for you when you lose... Yeah. Yeah. When you lose a protective crystal. Yeah. But just having them in my pocket to just kind of mm. play with. Or I like have a worry a, stone. Yeah. And I have a, a ring that's got a spinner on it. It's kind of like a fidget spinner ring. Mm-hmm. And that I don't even realize. Mm. Sometimes I'll pay attention to how many times a day I'm just sitting there spinning that ring. Right. And just that helps. It helps kind sure. of center me and kind of. And give- that and that's very much goes into what I was going to end with uh, with ritual. Uh, ritual mm-hmm. and the, the benefits of ritual and ceremony. Um, but we'll let's get through this list real fast and I'll, I'll yeah. go to that. Um, but yeah, um, you know, um, obviously you can't do everything at your work, you know, like, oh, I've got here's pictures of my family mm-hmm. <laughs> sitting out at my but, you know, one register. Of the, one of the COVID precautions <laughs> that actually helps because it's a literal boundary is we have those plastics clear plastic yeah. screens that come down in front and from in the customer service desk, I'm literally like three feet back anyway. Right. So that distance plus that little clear screen, sure. it's a literal boundary. And that actually it probably it helps. helps you feel people's vibes difference. less. It does. I think it does. Yeah. yeah. Because it's a literal thing there. Cause you do mm-hmm. have this aura, this energy that you emanate. And um, when mm-hmm. weirdos or pe- energetic people, you don't want to deal with, it probably blocks some yeah, of that. I would imagine. I think it, yeah. It does. You know, yeah. I know like when I close the window and close the drapes and close everything up, I feel mm-hmm. more protected from the outside yeah. world. So, yeah. and, and how much of that is um, actual and how much of that is ceremony mm-hmm. ritual in your mind, yeah. Yeah. you Who know, knows, but if yeah. it works, it doesn't really matter. Well, and that's why like you might never, we may never understand the benefit of crystals and what we call pseudoscience. Um, but there's a lot we don't understand about energy and that's why energy is an intention. And so if somebody gives you a gift and says, this is meant for this, um, you may not believe in it, but so what, you know, like I have friends that are Christian. Um, uh, there's a girl, uh, her name is uh, YouTube channel trade tread chic mm-hmm. and she's a wonderful lady and we've gotten to be friends and she believes in God and I, I don't. And she's always blessing my heart and blessing God f- mm-hmm. for me. And I'm like, I'm not going to say, oh, I don't believe in that stuff. No, when it comes no, from an honest it's coming place. from a good place. And like, yeah. if God is real, yay. If God isn't real, well, you know. Mm-hmm. But my point is, is that if it's coming from a good place, accept it, man. The that's a, that's an it. energy yeah. gift. Yeah. They're giving you a piece of their good intention. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, take it. Yeah. And then lose it a day or two later, like, like Rebecca does. 
But I did talk to my friend, so she knows all about crystals, and she said that happens sometimes. Sometimes they leave you because you don't need them anymore. They and were meant. Them. Somebody else then, was meant to find and it, and then they'll show up in that little black hole on my on my table or something. Sometimes. <laughs> right. So everything happens for a reason. Exactly. I like that. I like the wisdom of that. Um, and then the last one is um, uh, the Jaguar protection meditation. Uh, when you need extra protection, I recommend this meditation to call on the power of the Jaguar. To protect you. I use it when there is too much negativity coming at me too fast. The Jaguar is a fierce and patient guard who can keep toxic energy and people away. In a calm, meditative state, from your deepest heart, call on the spirit of the Jaguar to protect you. Feel her presence enter. See, mine's a male. Okay. <laughs> no, it can but be whatever. It can be whatever you want it to be. Um, <clears throat> then visualize this gorgeous, powerful creature patrolling your energy field encircling it protecting you keeping out intruders or any negative force that uh, want to get through picture what the jaguar looks like his or her beautiful fierce loving eyes sleek body the graceful purpose purposeful way the jaguar moves feel secure uh, in the circle of this jaguar's protection um, now <clears throat> it says as a sensitive people you must learn in how learn uh, you must learn is how to deal with sensory overload when too much is coming at you too quickly this can leave you exhausted, anxious, depressed, or sick. Like many of us, yes. you may feel there is no on-off switch for your empathy. This is not true. When you feel protected and safe, you can take charge of your sensitivities rather than uh, feeling victimized by them. To gain a sense of safety, recognize some common factors that contribute to empathy overload. Begin to identify your triggers. Then you can quickly act to remedy a situation. And so that, you know, that's, that's what I mean. Like I felt bad about my last episode because I did not come off like an empath. I came off like I hate people. Um, and you know, you, you, you're self-described as a misanthrope. And that's the thing <laughs> is just because you're an empath and you generally have a sense of kindness and dignity towards all people. And, and you always uh, try to ground yourself and go toward uh, what I call the energetic light, if you will, um, your intentions are always good. Um, that does not mean that um, we like all people. And I think we've all, and that's what I kind of like about social media is that we're allowed to kind of poke fun at the fact that we hate people, mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> but absolutely. because we don't actually hate them, but you know, there is this love hate thing with, well, with society. One of my coworkers is training with me at customer service and then a customer came in last night. So the three of us actually had a very nice conversation about how we hate people. Right. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I think admitting that you're a little anti-people um, is a good thing um, because I'm, I care about my audience. I genuinely do this to help people. Um, that does not mean that every interaction I have is one where I feel useful or loved. Um, most people generally don't give me a whole lot of credit for anything. I don't think anybody does anymore. And so we have to build up this wall where we give ourselves credit, we give ourselves uh, happiness and comfort. And so in going back to this Jaguar uh, presence, um, whatever works for you, mm -hmm. it's about finding and grounding yourself. And so that goes into grounding yeah. um, and go into ritual. And I have an article about that. And that's probably the, all we'll have time for today um, is uh, let me get to it here. Um, <clears throat> so well, one of the ritual things that, was in the article that I talked about was actual like ritual cleansing. Mm -hmm. And I take that literally, like I was talking to you earlier, I come in every night right after work and I just immediately take a shower. 
Yeah. And I always kind of jokingly say I'm washing the day off, but it <clears throat> absolutely it puts a it's like a barrier between mm-hmm. the day at work and my home night. Sure. And it's it cleanses you're, it. You're and, washing the, yeah, the bad energy off and, and figuratively. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um yeah, and it says think about the last time you were about to interview for a job or speak in front of an audience or go on a first date. To quell your nerves, chances are you spend time preparing, reading up on the company, uh, reviewing your slides, practicing your charming patter. People facing situations that induce anxiety typically take comfort in in engaging in preparatory activities, including a feeling of being back in control and reducing uncertainty. And so it talks about um, here, I I pound my feet strongly on the ground several times. I take several deep breaths. I shake my body to remove any negative energies. I do this often before going to work, going into meetings, uh, everything, you know. And so um, I don't want to read this whole thing because we're running out of time, but um, I, it, it got me, I read this article and I was like, because I, I had come to this conclusion by myself that ritual and ceremony is so important. Um, think of somebody that has um, obsessive compulsive disorder and how they have to flick a switch three times. Um, they're doing it because it's satisfying a part of their brain that feels the need to do it. It is protecting them. It is, they're satisfying something, okay. uh, some part of their, um, obsessive compulsiveness it's like ah now they feel better right and we all have that because i think when we get nervous um or we get uh, energetically uh, untethered um we uh, float off into outer space and we we lose our calm we lose our sensor we lose our happiness we lose our joy and yeah. and so what ceremony and ritual what i mean by that is is any thing that can be done uh like when you think of rituals, I always think of like Native American rituals where they maybe do a, a dance or something. Um, but it could mean anything. It could be any ceremony or ritual that we do to ourselves or with, by ourselves or even with others that brings about um, a sense of well-being and, and reconnecting and regrounding. And so that can include uh, what's called grounding, which is when, like, for example, like we live in a mobile home. Uh, we're never touching the ground. And so they recommend taking off your shoes and socks and literally go spend 10, 20 minutes on the real earth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's supposed to help uh, the negative energy leave your body. Um, and, and, and while some of that might be a little like, is that real? Is it not? Um, people have found that, you know, getting back to nature oh, help, helps. Me. So, yeah. so why couldn't it hurt mm-hmm. to, to, Get outside of your house and actually go touch real earth. Yeah. Be a part of the real earth for a while. And sometimes that helps us maybe find our inner jaguar, helps us find yeah. our inner spiritual warrior. Um, what are your yeah. thoughts on that? I I believe in it. I mean, <clears throat> being in nature definitely helps me. Like some days, I remember a couple weeks ago, it was just a beautiful day. I just went out to fill the bird feeders and fill the bird bath. Just being out there and feeling the wind and seeing the sun and seeing the leaves on the trees, it just, it did ground me and it yeah. centered me. Yeah. And yeah. I absolutely well, think that's the thing. And that's why um, I think of myself as a skeptic, but I also see myself uh, as a, a spiritual warrior in the sense that um, I live one foot in each world. Um, ha- half of me is a skeptic that believes in nothing and half of me believes in everything and I find that that is how I, uh, over time, I begin to find out what's true and what isn't. And that's why I do believe in the paranormal, because I don't believe the threshold is that high. 
either something is moving shit in your house or it isn't. And so when it happens, yes, it can be faked and spoofed on TV and on YouTube. But when you see hundreds of thousands of videos, and even if you ruled out um, 95% of them, that other 5%, something's happening. And so I don't believe that the burden of proof is that hard. Um, it's just that when we don't live in haunted houses, uh, we energetically don't sense them and we don't energetically, see, we don't see anything happening and therefore it, grow, it grows increasingly easy to not believe. And so when it comes to like energy work uh, and Reiki, I used to kind of mock it in the old days. And then as I became more understanding of my empathic powers, I began to understand that energy and attention are very, very mm-hmm. powerful. And so um, helping people with their energy, um, because, you know, our shock was, shock was real, um, even if they're not, energy is real. And so I tend to believe that there's a lot of these things that we would consider um, not proven or pseudoscience actually serve as a form of ceremony or ritual that can help us um, <clears throat> just ground ourselves and, and feel greater strength. And so um, you, you guys might believe in all those things, and I'm fine with that because, like I said, I don't blame people who are Christian. I don't blame people who believe in God. I don't blame people who believe uh, that they're, you know, being haunted by spirits. Like whatever you're going through, um, it's none of my business, you know. And so long as people's energies are good, so long as they're kind-hearted and decent to me and productive, um, I don't care what people believe in. So long as it's not hurting anyone, because the only time I think it stops, you know, I have to burp. Sorry. Mm. I had a a bubble, (laughs) but so long as, um, so long as, uh, their energy is good. And so long as, um, their intentions are good. Um, uh, you don't necessarily, we don't always know what's, what's real and not real. Energy is, is one of those great mysteries that we're trying to uncover. And so I just think, um, being very respectful, uh, of other people's belief systems, is where it's at. Um, it doesn't make me believe anymore or less necessarily, but I like to hear other people's points of view because yeah, um, uh, psychology and, and spirituality are also, and emotions are also interconnected that, um, what we place into objects, Oh, this object gives me power or this object. Uh, you know, it's like the, you know, the object in, uh, uh the, the conjuring three where this, this this is the curse object, you know, curses and objects and voodoo hexes and all those things. Um, whether or not you believe in them entirely or not, um, the point is, is energy is intention. If someone's intention is to make you catch on fire or feel needles sticking in your arm, <laughs> maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. But um, but I do believe that um, there are forces we don't understand. And I think a lot of people become um, fascinated with that that art of learning how to harness our energy uh, and, and harness our intentions for, for good or for bad uh, depends on the person. But uh, I find that fascinating. And so while I am skeptically grounded, um, I find it fascinating. And that's why I allow, you know, energy rocks and crystals in my house <laughs> because why, how could it hurt? You know, right? so can't hurt might help. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there anything else? think we got it i think we covered it um so yeah so that's um that's kind of what this whole um article is talking about why rituals work 
is that it's a self-affirmation thing. Uh, it helps us ground. It helps us uh, recenter. And so whatever works, you know, that's what I was saying about mental health, you guys, is that whatever works for you, so long as it's not hurting anybody else, I'm fine with, you know, um, because every person's brain uh, is locked and every uh, key is different. And that key could be different for you on different days, depending on what you're battling with. Some days I'm battling with anxiety. Some days I'm battling just with petty insecurity. Some days I'm battling uh, just, you know, could be anything, you know, and that requires a different thing. And so, you know, I was talking like about my buddy who um, will get over something and we'll talk it through. And then three or four months later, we're mad. He's mad at me about the same thing. It's like, you clearly didn't understand the ritual and the purpose of why we talked about it. That was our ceremony. That was our ritual. That was our cleansing ceremony so that you didn't, so it didn't come up again. And so some people just, seem completely bogged down by their petty insecurities or they're bogged down by their uh, presuppositions about what they think other people's intentions are of hurting them. And so maybe it just takes people uh, learning to fuck up and then healing on their own. It might take them 10, 15 years. And so my friend, I love him dearly, um, but he's always had something up his ass about me and I can't help him. And I tried my darndest to be nice to him, to be courteous uh, to be respectful. Um, but still, he still sees me as that big brute from high school. It's like, yeah. dude, that's not me anymore, man. I'm a different person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Again, that's not <clears throat> you. It's him. And you have to decide how much you're going to let that bother you. Yeah. It is. Yeah. 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 And and so that's what this is all about is that, yes, sometimes I will be dark and other times I'll be very, very light. And people think, geez, how can you go from one extreme to another? Well, I think we're all that way. We're all built to be super deep and dark and serious and other times uh, very, very uh, lighthearted and then sometimes very neurotic and insecure and other times uh, very relaxed. Um, it just depends on uh you know, I think every day, like it's our brain, it's like this basket. And some days everything falls out. We're like, oh shit. Oh God. <laughs> you know, eggs are dropping everywhere. And other days we got it all together. We're like, yeah, I got this. I got this man. Um, and so, yeah, whatever we have to do, that's why I'm, I can run five miles. Some people think that's hard. It's hard for me not to, because when mm-hmm. I don't work out, when I don't run, um, all that pent up stored angst, uh, takes over and I, I need it. I require it to tire me out, to tuck her, tuck her out this little fella. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't even run a lap. <laughs> hey, that's all right. We all have, that's what I mean. We all have our own strengths. Yeah. We all have our strengths. We all have our insecurities. We all have our strengths and weaknesses. And uh, it's about trying to help each other, you know, because yeah, there are times like my last podcast. Um, I was not very sympathetic of those quote unquote society people I was talking about, but when I talk about society people, that does not mean that they're not real people. It doesn't mean that they're evil. It doesn't mean they're bad. It just that means that maybe they're taken over by a sense of um, business purpose that's making them lose their uh, kinder, gentler sensibilities uh, for something a little more uh, sociopathic and um, robotic. You know, they're just they've become a part of this the. the that machine, you know, and it's making them forget their humanity, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's not about necessarily the person that you hate. 
It's their intentions in that moment that you hate and whether or not those people can learn and grow. You know, like I, I called back and I apologized and I told them I want to reset and restart that I like you guys, but I was a little put off by what you said. And if you had just been a little more uh, understanding of my circumstances, I think we could have worked it out. Instead, you kind of got really cold on me. And so I got pissed off and I said some shit that messed everything all up. And so, yeah, at the end of the day, that's just the, the human experience. And I could sit here and reel over it. But I'm getting like, you know, there's an old saying, I'm I'm getting too old to be diving into lockers. <laughs> um, that's from Major League. If you guys don't know, it was the old coach. You know, he was sitting there naked as a jaybird and the, the woman manager comes in and he's like, I'm too old to be diving into lockers. And I use that as a um, <clears throat> just sort of my explanation that I'm getting too old to satisfy everybody out there. I cannot make everybody happy. I try, but. Sometimes my energy is going to conflict with your energy. And sometimes we just have to learn forgiveness and we have to learn simply to live and let live because it's easy to make that those little tiny problems turn into big problems. And I've lost friends over the lamest, tiniest, most petty shit. And it's like, oh, it could have been so solvable, so easy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, you guys, yeah, that's what we got. I mean... It's all about living, learning, growing, acceptance, um, uh, getting ourselves uh, grounded, uh, using uh, whatever means or rituals that we have to to get ourselves centered and in a, a solid state, you know. Um, but life, it's not it's not easy. And sometimes I'm going to come up on this podcast and I'm going to come from this weird, dark place full of angst, full of worry. And other times I'm just going to be light and humorous because I think that's just that's the human condition, you know, it and it's okay. Yeah. yeah. It's all right. We're all human. We're all people. That's right. So forgive you guys, forgive me and I'll forgive you. Forgive me of my trespasses and I will forgive you of your trespasses as well and try to be good to each other and try to learn and grow each day. And if you're going through something, try to, you know, extend to others the uh, leeway that you would want extended to you. Just like my friend. Yes. He talks about himself too much. Yes, he's a narcissist. Yes, he's in love with himself and whatever. But whatever he, he's got to go through to arrive at a good place, um, it doesn't mean that he's always a, he's a bad person. It just means that, you know, maybe he's not uh, secure yet in, in the way he looks or in the way he feels or something of that nature. Maybe he feels like, he, you know, because a lot of us, you know, I have a lot of experience in life. I get really insecure about um People and jobs and bosses who don't give me the credit for the experience that I have. You know, I'm a veteran. I'm a chef. I've got a culinary degree. I've got all this experience. I've done all these things. Um, I I don't have a big head about those things. But when people treat you like a kindergartner and you're like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just it's just one of those things where it's a constant push and pull. And uh, so at the end of the day, yeah, you just have to be confident in yourself and just just know that humans. Yes, ideally, we all want to be each other's friend, but um, it, it's just sometimes it's just easier to admit that um, we're misanthropes. You know, we can't like everyone and we can't like everything and we try, but you can't you, you can't be. 10 people at once. You just, you try your best and be forgiving of yourself and be forgiving of them. And 
see where that takes you, you know, yeah. because yeah, at the end of the day, we can't, we can't, um, we can't change people and we can only change the way we process this world. So you got any final freaking thoughts, baby? No. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, some days you got all the answers and some days you got none. And it's just how it goes, how the cookie crumbles. Um, Yeah. So we're going to be back another time for you guys. Uh, It's twice a week. Um, Come on over to Chef Fry Comedy or uh, just search Surviving Empathy Podcast. We are here for Empaths. We are here for uh, uh, to talk about the paranormal and to try to process what that's all about. Is it real? Is it not? Um, we believe it's real, but um, it's not as common as you think. And so that's why a lot of skeptics and cynics out there are like, nah, that's bullshit. You know, um, some things uh, are just not as common and provable as others. And if we sunk as much money into um, understanding energy and understanding the paranormal as we do with like, say, you know, pharmaceuticals, um, we might have more answers, but there's just, there's no money in it. And so there's never going to be a science dedicated to those things where enough money, unless there's a bunch of rich people who like love this shit and and put pump millions of dollars into it, we're not going to get real provable things. There are uh, some articles though, that I've read about, to talk about, um, you know, that such and such is real. This is real. This is real. Like I've, I've heard articles that the, the you know, that and our energy uh, does exist outside of the body after we die, but it's, you know, it, it, it kind of dissipates over time, you know, so there's, there's a lot of good stuff going on out there. And so I, I would strongly recommend you guys read articles that um, help you to understand the dynamics of energy, understand the dynamics of life and death. Um, and you know, make up your own mind, but it's okay to be skeptical. Just, you know, uh, have an open mind and, uh, try, try to live and let live. Everyone's different. And yes, I, I get annoyed with people who are just, you know, blatant cynic, cynical, cynic artists. It's like, man, it's like, that's a lot of people nowadays. They're just man. And sometimes we have to just match their man with our man. And, and there it goes. Neutral. Neutralize their meh. <laughs> okay. So we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for joining us. Um, thank you, Rebecca, for uh, being my co-host today. I always enjoy. Yeah. Those, that's when you'll get my wife. Um, anyways, thank you, guys. We'll see you next time. Have a good one. Take care. Bye.